Welcome to the ESI Ninja podcast. I'm your host and the original ESI Ninja, Sarah Skeens. I've been in the e-discovery industry for over 10 years now, and over the course of my career, I have had the opportunity to meet some really incredible individuals, and I've gotten to work in a variety of areas in data. Getting to know and learn from some of the top thought leaders in our industry has been an exciting experience. And on this podcast, I'd really like to share that opportunity with you. We will be speaking with the thought leaders and innovators in data, getting a chance to learn and to grow and meet the most interesting minds out there. So sit back, relax, and let's enter the Data Dojo. The thoughts and opinions of all participants on the show are that of the individuals and do not reflect the thoughts or opinions of their employers. Welcome everyone to our episode talking about legal technology education. We're going to talk to some of the members of our legal technology educators community group, also called LTEC today. And we're talking about how they got into e-discovery, what type of training and resources were available and how they're supporting our mission in creating new educational resources and really empowering our teachers and empowering our students. So today we have Caroline Hall, Elizabeth Erickson, Pavan Kotha, and Debbie Beeler. All right, so Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into e-discovery and what your e-discovery journey looked like? Absolutely, and first of all, Sarah, thank you so much for having us on today and for starting LTEC. It's awesome to be a part of it, and I know we're gonna talk more about that later. Um, yes, so like you said, I am Caroline Hall. I work for DISCO as the DISCO for Schools Program Manager. I got into e-discovery after law school. I went to work for a small construction litigation boutique firm and was just completely overwhelmed by e-discovery. We didn't even call it e-discovery. It was like, here, handle the documents, um, do doc review. Uh, and I would, did not learn anything about that in law school. And I went into an incredible, I went to a great law school that teaches you how to be practice ready. And then what do you do when you're an associate? You do doc review and I was not ready. Um, and so I am just extremely passionate about making sure that that doesn't happen to anyone moving forward. And so that's how I got into e-discovery and legal technology education. That's awesome. So total accident then, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I tried to avoid getting into litigation and then I got into litigation and e-discovery. Yep. That, that's everyone's story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pavan, can you give us a little bit of introduction on how you got into e-discovery and this whole legal technology world? Sure, as, as many of us do, incidental or accidental. I never dreamed of becoming an e-discovery specialist. I did not do my college schooling to become an e-discovery specialist. It happened just like that. It was organic. Uh, so I was, I was into computer science for sure. Uh, uh, I did my bachelor's in computer science and technology. And then I did start my career as a tutor. Uh, I was um, tutoring on uh, web designing, programming, and then I accidentally got into a jo job uh, advertisement, job interview advertisement. It said you would be using computer forensics. That's so the sound of forensics itself, uh, it, it pulled me in and I gave it a shot and then I got recruited and 
then I realized it's not as fancy as it sounds. <laughs> and then I slowly built all the required knowledge, Googling, uh, looking up to my seniors, asking them so many questions. And interestingly, they do not have all the, all the answers for all the questions. It's not there. It's not on web. It's, it's not there anyway. So the only way I can get that knowledge is on job on job training, understanding, asking more and more questions. Even now, I don't have answers for all. That's the current state. That's the reason why I'm so much excited and really, I, I could relate with the legal technology educator community when Sarah pitched in this idea because it's still the same. I started my career in 2010. It's 10th, 11th year down the line. It's still the same. It, it improved, but there is a lot of scope for improvement. Yeah, that, that's why I'm so excited about it. That's all, yeah. all about me. And I love that, that there's not, we can't find all the answers. It's, it's really hard and you get into, yeah. you can find some general stuff, but sometimes you get into a part of e-discovery and it's like, well, what is this? And I can't find anything out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Elizabeth, go ahead and let us know how did you get into the legal technology world and what was out there for you to kind of help you get there? Sure. Um... So I, I um, came out of law school, gosh, it's almost been 20 years uh, now. And um, what do you do when you're a big law associate? You do doc review and discovery. And frankly, when you're working in big law, a lot of what you do is discovery. Um, you know, kind of whatever subject matter you're involved in, it's going to be touching on that if you're a litigator. And um, we, at, at the firm I was at, we, we needed, um, a team of people to put together summaries of big cases that were coming out. We sort of had um, a, a new e-discovery committee getting started. And I just kept raising my hand a lot and saying, do you need somebody to do that? Um, and found uh, similar to, to many here, that accidental joy and love of the nerdiness of e-discovery and that blending of law and technology that so many of us enjoy, but also can be very intimidating sometimes because it moves at such a pace um, and, and faster and faster every year I'm finding. Um, and so uh, it's just a, a, a great community. That, that really was what got me um, interested in this group was finding that community and the e-discovery community is amazing, absolutely amazing. And to blend that with an academic community as well is just really exciting. So. Um, I'm, I'm with a, a company now, um, Concilio, as a senior director in discovery consulting, and we get to sort of solve novel problems. And um, there isn't a handbook that tells you what to do. Um, our clients haven't seen these problems before, and sometimes we haven't either. And so it's just so wonderful to have a group that we can get together and talk about these issues and help lift everyone up together. And Elizabeth, you mentioned that in law school, did you have classes? Just like Caroline mentioned, she didn't have a lot of classes that prepped her for e-discovery. Did you see that in your law school experience? Not at all. Not at all. Um, it's it just no one. No one was teaching. You know, I mean, I, I'm not even sure the words e-discovery were uttered um, during my years at law school. I'm sure someone will call me out on that. Um, I, I will be waiting for the phone to ring. Um, but I, it, it, I don't recall um, that, that being part of, part of the dialogue at all. And so you get into these, these environments with new language and you have, you're, you're struggling with both the law and the technology at the same time. So it's kind of a different challenge because of that aspect of it. Yeah. 
I didn't even know what words to Google to try to find help because I didn't even know what I was looking for. So it was hard to find resources that may or may not have been out there because I didn't even know what I was looking for. Exactly. Wow. And you so think a lot is changing in legal education. Curriculum. Yeah, you think it would be most of the curriculum. It's in your jobs. Was it 80% of your job, 90% of your job when you got out there in the field? Probably 50% of my job because I was at a small firm, so I had to do okay. a lot. But it was a lot. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. That's a majority. To go from zero to, hey, you have to do this <laughs> in your daily job. That's that's amazing. And that that right there, that's one of the stories that prompted LTech to be created is we're seeing it in law schools. We're seeing it everywhere. You really can't get this academically to really prep yourself into this field. And so Debbie Beeler, tell me all about how you got into legal technology. Um, and so the way I got into, um, into e-discovery was, it was, it was very organic as, as Pavan mentioned. Um, I started, I, I, well, I like to say that, that my legal career has gone from paper cuts to bits and bites. And uh, because quite, quite literally, that's, that's how it has progressed. And when I started, I was with um, a, an in-house counsel team, when I started seeing the bits and bytes come into play. And um, I, was, I was working with one of our outside counsel firms, and they had asked me to, to grab this data. I was, I was in Deerfield Beach, Florida, and had to get data from Mobile, Alabama. And, and so that was, and, and tell you how long ago this was, it was on an amber screen. Um, <laughs> so they taught me how to tap in and reach across and grab that data to, and, and put it in a format that I could provide it to outside counsel. And that was, again, nobody said e-discovery. It was just, I need the stuff, find a way to do it. I was the one willing to, as, as Liz said, I, I was the one that was willing to raise my hand and say, I can push those buttons, I can get that done. And, and so that's, that's how I fell into it. That's great. And I, I love that everyone here mentioned that they raised their hand to a challenge they had no idea what it was and said, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to learn this and I'm going to dive into it with no idea what you were actually diving into. <laughs> and full disclosure, I am not a lawyer. Um, I grew up as a paralegal um, and uh, I, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. I, I, I love being the right hand. I don't need to be the head. And I love being that, that support piece of, of the legal community. And that's the other great thing about this community, mentioning that, Debbie, is that it's not all lawyers. I'm not a lawyer either. Um, Pavan, are you a lawyer? No, computer science. No, <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> so you have this mixture of folks from different areas of the law that come together. And it really, it is a community at the end of the day. And now it's really, we have these academic folks and we need to give them the support that they need to be able to do their job, to be able to bring more people into our field. Because honestly, at the end of the day, think about the diverse perspectives between all of us. If you did not have those diverse perspectives, we wouldn't have innovation. 
And so we need to attract more people to the field, bring that community together to be able to continue forward as a field and a career in general. So I, I love hearing all the stories. That's always my favorite part of these podcasts is hearing everyone's stories. And it almost, I think, actually, I think 100% of the ones I've done, it's been an accident that they got into eDiscovery. <laughs> so very much a trend there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about LTAC in general. Um, so I know this started out, this was a idea I I started teaching and I ran into not finding resources. When I found resources, a lot of times it was folks using big words, not really explaining themselves. Um, and I've always been a proponent of let's make it relatable, make it clear, let's take the black box away so that people can understand and be a part of the conversation. And as I was going through, I, I realized I don't have the resources, I don't have the data. I don't have the ability to let my students really understand what the day in the life is in e-discovery and really be prepared to go out there. So out of that, Legal Tech Educators Community was born. And I remember the first meeting uh, was me and Caroline. <laughs> we were holding it down. Um, and I, and even before that, it was, you know, I, I kept trying to pitch this idea and it wasn't really getting anywhere. And I, you know, kind of was like, well, is this actually going to work? You know, is anybody really that excited about this? Or am, am I just going to have to try to drum something up myself? And Caroline, you definitely gave me that extra push. And I have to say thank you of, you know, kicking me out of that fixed mindset and saying, if you want this, keep going, keep going, people will show up. And then we had more folks and more folks, and now we have more folks interested. And it's just, you know, it goes to show again, and even to the students out there, if you want to do something, if you want to make an impact and a change, keep pushing and you will find the people who are there in that mission with you. So I wanted to share our mission and then talk to everybody about how they, when they saw this opportunity, what led them to it? When they heard the mission, what about it really resonated with them? So what we're really here to do is we've been established to bring together individuals in the legal technology community to create resources and material for academic purposes, create a space for collaboration between educators to share, share their experiences, their perspectives and their ideas around legal technology and we want to inspire the next generation of legal practitioners to embrace technology. So let's go ahead and start with, I'm just gonna go around my screen. Caroline, when you heard that, what, what resonated with you and what initially even got you excited about joining this community? Well, can I be a smarty pants and say I actually helped develop the mission statement? So <laughs> everyone here did. Um, but no, Sarah, you and I connected, you know, about disco in the classroom. And then we got on this tangent and we really bonded over this. And it's because I hear and I connect with legal educators every day. That's my job. And everybody feels like an island at their school. They're the only one teaching e-discovery. They're the only one teaching the legal technology course. And so everybody needs a community of fellow people facing similar challenges to come together to share resources. 
hey, I use this program in my classroom. Hey, you need a curriculum and you haven't developed one yet? You can have mine. And this is a community of seriously, everybody is so willing to share and help each other because everybody's been there. Everybody's been the only one doing it and it's new and there aren't good resources and everybody's trying to develop them. And so there was just such a need for this group. And so when you said that you wanted to actually start it, I was like, we've been talking about it. It's something people want and they need. Let's just make it happen. And you made it happen. And it's so exciting to be a part of. And so I think it's great. I think we're really going to, you know, develop the data set, share the resources, help each other develop curriculum, all of those things. And I mean, we have so many exciting ideas and I think it's going to be a great, a great community. So, so excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Caroline, for helping that initial push and getting this going and not allowing me to give up <laughs> as we well launch this. Well <laughs> and it, it's it's hard. And I, I think it's great as well to see. So Caroline, you're helping educators through your program with Disco. And then we have Elizabeth, you are a professor, you are in the classroom, you understand that struggle from there. So what about this really stood out to you and made you want to join LTech? Um, and what about our mission stands out to you as well? The eDiscovery community is an amazing community. Um, everyone has a really fascinating career path and different experiences that they bring to the table. And when you are teaching, you can sometimes feel like you're on an island. You are putting together a course from scratch on a topic that no one ever taught you. Um, so I don't have a basis for, you know, oh, this is how contracts law is taught. Um, we didn't have that for e-discovery law for me. So um, you, you're sitting down with that blank piece of paper and you are creating a course from scratch. And um, for me, at least, I reached out to basically everybody I know who taught and asked a million questions and tried to put together, you know, a course that I felt would be the course that I wish I had when I was in law school and, and could um, bring the students that I'm teaching into kind of have an advantage when they're, when they're getting out into the workforce, you know, give them that, that extra edge to shine um, compared to their peers. And, um, and I, I felt that I couldn't be the only one feeling those things. Um, there have to be other people out there who are feeling that insecurity and um, feeling a bit like they might make a misstep and how do you make a course? Is it too hard? Is it too easy? Um, and, and so that aspect of the community was really what drew me to this group. Um, and, and how do you put together all of those materials as one person when this isn't my day job? You know, we all have, I think all of us have full-time jobs uh, doing other things, not teaching. And this is just what we do in our spare time, you know, because we love discovery and, and we, love, we love teaching students. So, so that's what, what drew, drew me here. And um, it's just been an amazing journey so far. And I can relate fully to staring at that blank piece of paper and that syllabus and going, what do I fill 15 weeks with and how do I make it logically make sense to someone who has no idea what e-discovery is. This is the first time they're seeing it. And then I got to that point of, how do I actually get all the information in there? <laughs> there's, there's so much. So I, I, oh man, the syllabus thing hits me right here. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. 
Yeah, but we got there, you know, we, we got there and, and we, we didn't have this group when we were designing those materials, but others will. And so that will make it easier for, you know, the next army of, of legal educators. Yeah, and applause to all of the educators out there from this because many, almost all of you are adjuncts and it is not, again, your full-time job. This is something that you're doing on top of your full-time job, your family, all of your other commitments. And it's not just lecturing once a week. There are so many pieces that go into this with planning, with working directly with the students. We don't just teach legal tech education. We're teaching other skills. We are helping them with their careers. It's a lot of effort and it really takes a certain person to do this. And it takes a lot of passion and a lot of heart to be an adjunct professor. So round of applause to every, every adjunct professor out there, legal technology or another curriculum. Thank you for everything you do for these students. So interestingly, Pavan and Debbie are not professors, but both of them jumped at the opportunity to be a part of this. They both reached out to me and said, how do I help? How do I help? I, I wanna get into the academic community. I'm not in it yet, but what can I do to help all of you? And that, when I got that message, I was like, man, I didn't even think anyone outside the education community would be this excited <laughs> to be part of this and help us out. So Pavan, what made you go, man, I gotta be part of this group? It's, it's very easy. It's, it, it was my experiences, my past experiences and the experience of my colleagues, my, the newbies that enter into the industry that I see them struggle. There is an, I wouldn't say stereotype, but we think everyone are quick learners. We create a bar, a standard saying that everyone who comes, everyone we hire, they're all quick learners, but that's not true. I myself am not a quick learner. It, it, it takes a lot of time for me to grasp something, digest it, understand it. Even the things where I did know the basics in my computer science and when I have to jump into a proper co coding, a new programming language, it would still take a lot of time for me to understand and digest. E-discovery is a field where it's nothing is out there. You have to come into the job. You have to learn things on job. And when you're learning things on job, there is a lot of stress element added on top of your head. You have to learn it on, on job because you're doing, doing it on job. You're delivering it. And you also have to <laughs> learn. So it's, it's, it's not an idle uh, environment, safe environment. I would see what the new bees are experiencing right now in legal technology. And that's a fact. It's, it's, it's yeah. a fact. And I always looking for things to how do we change it? It happened to me. It's happening to the new bees now. How do we change it? And if you want to learn, let's say I really want to learn. I'll go onto the internet now. I'll search. I'll do get a few materials. But the language is not easy. The language is something, the jargon itself, for you to get to understand the jargon itself, you might read one or two books on it, and then you'll understand the jargon, or you need to be in the industry for one, two years, and then you would get familiar with the jargon. I was like, no, this is not it. So when Sarah Keen pitched in this idea, and she said, my one of the missions mission is to make this simple, easy to learn, the language itself would be trimmed down so that a five years old can understand. I was like, this is it. This is where I want to be. This is where I would like to contribute. I was searching for a solution all my uh, career. 
how do I make it easy for the newbies? I struggled, the other students struggled, how do I do it? But I never found a right solution. This is the right solution. If I'm not contributing now, maybe I'll never get this opportunity again. So I was like, I jumped on it and Sarah, please count me in. I want to help you because I would be helping myself. When I say myself, personality types like me who are not quick learners, who don't understand legal industry because we come from computer science. To be an e-discovery, it's, it's, it's the tricky part. It's half legal and half technology. You need to understand both the jargons. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. So that's my story, why I wanted to join. <laughs> I love it. And that, that just, it makes me so happy to hear people hear it. And they're so passionate about it that they're like, yes, add me to this. And it's extra time. This is not, so the folks that are part of LTAC, this is volunteer. This is not anyone's getting paid for any of this. These are people who are passionate. And so that just stands out so much. And what you said about the learning piece as well, everyone learns a little bit differently. Everyone learns at a different rate, at a different style. And so when you just have kind of this one thrown to the wolves type of option, some people don't thrive in that environment. They need the time to digest. They need things to happen logically. And with the academic community, we have the opportunity to teach to a lot of different styles. We have the ability to go in a timeline to work with our students differently. So there's an advantage to having those academic resources available and having this available in academics in general, having e-discovery courses that are out there that people can actually work through rather than just being thrown into this arena and they're bruised and, you know, fallen over and then they're having to deal with the stress of that and trying to build themselves up. So that is an amazing point to add in there, Pavan. And Debbie, we have known each other for a long time now. And we, every conversation we always had about education, it was always just, we were both so excited to learn new things and how can we do this? And I was so excited when you said that you wanted to be a part of this. What made you just jump on joining the LTech community? Another opportunity to work with Sarah Skeens. <laughs> Hands down. You Sarah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, and as I mentioned at the top, I'm, you know, a lifelong learner and, and I, because I, of the way I, I grew up in the legal industry, um, I, I think I have a good perspective on so many different aspects and, um, and because I do so, my my husband is a is a techie guy, and so have, living in the same household with him, I I know the techie language, and having you know uh, being a, a a paralegal plus, I'll call it for 30, 30 years, I know all the all the legal language, and so I I think that gave me a, a clear advantage coming in and and trying to teach people who are coming into the the discovery uh, the e-discovery community um and and you know talking talking about how people learn differently I, I had the opportunity to to teach one of my co-workers um and so I I love it that I can I can mouse I can I can do keystrokes I can you know I have six different ways that I can get something done but this particular person she said tell me one way to do it 
and and I will write it down and then and and then I will have that one way that I know that I can get from start to finish and be done. And and so, you know, knowing that people learn differently and and having had that opportunity to to teach others and even though it's not in a formal setting, I I still have have that that teaching component and learning learning something new to the point that I can teach it is is something that's very very important to me um, and and then you know Sarah the the times that I've had the opportunities to come speak to your classes uh, about about my career path and all the different things that are available in the in the e-discovery community it's it's just so fascinating and and you know I I love coming to work every day um, and, and, you know, looking for those moments to learn myself, looking for those moments to teach. And, and I just could not pass up an opportunity to, to support this, this community. That is awesome. And, and the teaching part's hard. Does anybody struggle with like, how, how do you actually teach someone something that's complicated? Does anybody have anything that kind of sparked with them that said, oh, you know what, maybe I could approach it this way or that way, or, or even just a moment where you went to teach something and you're like, man, how do I get this across to someone? Yeah, there's a lot of backing up and starting over. And, and, yeah. and there's, no, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Yep. Well said. And I'm not an educator, as you know, sir, I'm not an educator, but I love giving training sessions on technology. And, and I love when I give it to uh, legal teams because that's where the challenge is. Now, the legal force does not understand the technology jargon. So I create these stories for them, these interesting stories for them, and I deliver the training within that stories. I create characters, I make them part of that, uh, uh, the story. So we do role plays, things like that. I, I get creative. Whenever I get creative, I, I think trainings are my opportunity to get creative and be myself. So that, that, that's the reason why I get I excited that. because that's one opportunity for me to be myself. Core, I'm a storyteller. So training would give me an opportunity to be the, my true self, not, not be the tech guy, which I'm labeled or which, uh, which I was brought up as. Then telling a story and, and also helping others learn is what I get excited about. That's why I still uh, consider myself as educator. So I'm a technology specialist, but I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Love it. And that's, that's part of this community is the different perspectives. Because I know, Elizabeth, did you have any formal training for teaching before you started teaching? Not a bit at all. No, I mean, just, just in terms of, I, I feel like we, you, know, you, you mentioned, Debbie, you're a lifelong learner. I think we're also lifelong teachers in a way, you know, so it's uh, mentorship has always been really important to me in my career. And, and so that's been something that has really been a threat. I've, I've continued regardless of where I'm working. And, and so this is kind of more of the same, really just a different realm of, of sharing that experience. Um, and when you figure out a way to do something, even if you figure out four ways to do it, it's exciting to share that with someone who hasn't figured out all of those ways yet and to figure out what what is their use case for this and and how can I communicate this in a way that makes sense to them and that will make them shine in their in their next job yep and, um, and I don't always have that answer 
Yep. You know, <laughs> and I it, it, it just sort of happens sometimes. Yeah. Yep. There was no, this is how you teach. It was, here it is, teach it. And I know, Caroline, you deal with lots of different professors out there. And do you see that difference in how people teach and, and the different tools they use? And there's so many different styles, but I think the one thing that we should all have in common and everybody, like y'all have said, is a teacher, um, whether you're training a colleague or teaching in the classroom, and that's you want to inspire the person to embrace the technology. And that's one thing with this group and the mission statement that we haven't talked much about, but that really gets me excited is legal is not known for being innovative um, or embracing technology. So we as educators have an opportunity to change the practice of law by inspiring the next generation and even current legal practitioners to embrace technology, to see the benefits, to not fight it, to take advantage of it. And in turn, we're seriously going to change the practice of law and it's gonna be a huge impact. So giving ourselves a space to come together to say like, how do you inspire? How do we improve our teaching skills? How do we get people excited about this? I mean, that's something else that, you know, is our North Star as we move forward. And it goes to the, we are learners still. We enjoy teaching because we enjoy learning. And honestly, a lot of the things that I do in my classes now are things where I've talked to other professors and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I see how that fits in and it lets me adapt and try something new and get a little bit better. And there's some training courses out there for education in general. But again, like you said, Caroline, you're, a, you're adapting something very complex. Everyone has has noted this, this is something very complex and you have to break it down into a relatable way. And if you have those resources available, it's much easier to do that. And if we're all teaching kind of on the same general ideas and we have data that's very similar that we're using, we're gonna have folks coming into our community and to e-discovery in general that have that basis, it's very strong. They all, everybody knows Enron data, right? If you say the Enron data, everybody's like, yeah, 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 I know that. And, and you can kind of talk about it. Well, what if we have an academic data set that everybody comes out of the academic world and they're like, oh yeah, I trained in the LTech data set. And they can talk about it. They can have that relatable experience. So it's, it's creating the resources, but it's also making a community, bringing people together where they can share ideas, they can learn from each other. And we can really, we can be learners, <laughs> not just educators. So I'm, I'm really glad everybody touched on that part because it really is such an important piece to this. So LTE, I, I'm so excited about this. I know you all are excited about this too. And to close it out, um, we're going to go around the, I guess, around the screen, not around the room. <laughs> and everyone just give me your one piece of advice for everyone out there in how we should be speaking when we're talking about a particular topic to help educate everyone around us. Um, so I, I'm not going to pick on anyone because I'm going to give everybody a chance to digest that. So Whoever wants to go first, hit me with your, your advice for how we should approach speaking to our community in general to help 
push education? I'm happy to go. I just think you don't, don't make any assumptions about what somebody already knows. Don't be afraid to like talk to somebody like they're a toddler when you're talking about legal technology and e-discovery. Um, and so you don't leave anyone behind because this is a space that everybody's afraid to admit what they don't know. And so to just spell it out for somebody so they don't have to admit that you left them behind. So that's my advice. Don't assume anybody knows anything. That creates an uncomfortable situation, especially in a learning environment. Yep, I love it. All right, who's next? All right, Pavan. On, on, on similar lines, but what I would suggest is forget your vocabulary. Because over the years, you have accumulated a lot of vocabulary, both legal and technology. I, I, I suggest you strip that off before you go into the, class, the teaching room and see if you can teach with a minimum vocabulary as much as possible so that a person who is not in that industry would understand it. So that requires a lot of preparation. The more you prepare on that, the better the message and the topic or the technology would be delivered, digested, and also the learning will happen right and right there. The minute someone in the room would get hit with a vocabulary or, or a terminology which they're not aware of, that's done. They would be thinking about that one thing. They will not be listening to you for the rest of the uh, session. So that's important. That's one piece of advice from me. Absolutely. All right, Elizabeth. Yeah, I, I think that, that sort of the, the, the blending of the law and the technology is, is kind of what makes this so challenging for people. So don't assume that just because you've got someone who's following along with the technology that they're also getting the law and vice versa. So it's, we sort of have to um, address both symptoms and make sure that um, all of our bases are covered. Um, and, and just, you know, I, I've always found that the more I can communicate with the students and, and get them talking about what excites them. You know, I, I try to spend a little bit of time my first class getting to know them and what they're interested in for their careers, because then I try to teach towards that. So if I know that someone you know, is planning to go in-house in a particular type of role, um, I'll pull examples for my career into that because that's gonna really mean something for them you know, going into, the, into their job. So trying to connect it in, in um, you know, as, as specific a way to their experience as possible. Absolutely. And Debbie, what is your final advice? Oh, wow. Um, been such good statements all, already. Um, but, but I think playing off of um, the, the be careful with your jargon. So even if you're speaking to someone who does have a legal background uh, about the, the discovery piece if you if you're talking to a to someone who's been in the real estate world they're not going to understand all the pieces and parts of the of the legal uh, language that that we may that we use every day and take for granted so so yes break it down keep it simple and and you know as was mentioned don't don't assume that the person that you're talking to is has all of the language that that we that we take for granted absolutely it's like what we were talking about before we started this if you stop trying to impress 
and you try to, to help. So now we've come full circle. And so I think, you know, that, that helps. That's kind of, if you keep that in mind, don't try to impress who you're teaching, just help them to learn. Yes. And that is, this should be every single day. So even if you are not an educator, if you're not sitting in a classroom, when you are communicating with your colleagues, if you're on a panel, if you're, you're doing anything, you're explaining to your client, you know, this is what we're going to do. Don't make those assumptions. Watch your vocabulary. If there's certain terms that you say, okay, well, they need to know this term, break it down. Find relatable ways to teach what you're trying to communicate. Don't let your ego get in front of you when you're speaking to someone. It's really easy to start throwing those words out there and be like, I'm the tech person or I'm the legal person <laughs> and I've got you covered here. No, you want this to be a collaborative community. So in your day-to-day, -day, take all of that advice that you've just heard and what we're going to create is a community of educators even outside academia, we are going to have everyone lifting each other up, providing opportunities. And I, I've always said, if someone won't explain it to you, it's not the person you should be working with. You shouldn't be sitting there in a black box wondering what's happening. We all are here to work together to teach each other. So if everyone in our entire e-discovery community can adopt that set of advice when they speak, we will have such an enriched community. All of our learners will be incredibly excited. <laughs> Lots of opportunities. And think of all the ways that we would innovate and grow. We don't want everyone to just stay in the same place that they are. We want to give them the opportunity to go into something else because then they bring a new perspective. Then we get to do something new. So LTech was created for the academic realm but it really expands out into everyone into legal technology. And I just wanna say thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Pavan. Thank you, Debbie. It is always amazing to have a conversation with you all. I'm so excited to see where LTech goes. We are excited to have others join us as well. So after you hear this podcast, if you are interested in joining us, There'll be um, some information on how to reach out to us, how to become a part of this, how to help out. And we look forward to seeing everyone in the community adopt this advice and teach your hearts out. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. Um, and that's it. So LTech, woo! Thank you, Sarah. LTech, woo! <laughs> Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, with the ESI Ninja on the loose, data doesn't stand a chance.